0: Wrapping it up here, ladies and gentlemen, on what is the hottest form, hottest show, hottest piece of information you're going to find in terms of Alabama football news, notes, and information, I'll be yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine live in studios. And this right here is in my own words. And after discussing one Mac Jones from the uh, previous topic and discussing My five things that I took from Southeastern Conference Media Days, Mac Jones was topic three. We're going to tidy up loose ends by discussing wide receiver Devonta Smith and why he is so underrated. But we'll save that to start next week's edition of shows. As always, got to get to the hot stuff first. And for those of you who have just stumbled upon what this show is and you're not quite sure or you don't quite understand, what it means. In, uh, and in my own words, I've been covering Alabama football about the end of my 11th year for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. I've been a part of eight foul camps. This is my eighth one. And uh, for you, die hard, for you, tried and true, for you, the fan that wants current Alabama, you don't care about the hoopla. You don't care about the other things that don't concern current Bama. If it's about Saban's assistance or just different external factors that has nothing to deal with what's going on with the current starting quarterback, with the current backup quarterbacks, with the current running backs, current wide receivers, current coaching staff, if it's not dealing with what's going on, In this current program, you, the diehard fan, can give two cents about it. If that's you, if you are just solely hardwired on current Bama, this is your show, and I'm the person delivering you the information. Now, me personally, to me, as much as I love A-Day, as much as I love spring ball, spring ball to me is a formality. It's about, you know, you spending time during the A-Day activities. Um, you bring your family, you bring your friends, your wife, your girlfriend, your, your children. You bring them to, to the A-Day game inside Bryant Denny to enjoy the festivities, to enjoy the atmosphere. It's kind of a formality to me. But if you are the fan that wants to know who are going to be the guys that are going to start, step up, play ball, emerge if you're the fan that wants that pee or get off the pie ordeal who are going to be the guys that I can count on to start in the upcoming season then that hot practice in the first week of August simply known as the open practice is for you now a lot of fans would tell me Stephen I don't see much difference between a day and the open practice in terms of the regular season I beg to differ. I strongly disagree. If you look at A-Day in terms of the regular season, that's a four-month differential. That's a four-month separation. It's a big gap there. You know some things, but you don't know a lot of clarity, if you will, versus the open practice and the regular season. Talk three weeks. That's way more clarity. You see a whole lot more you get the gist of, I like him. I like him. I really like him. He's kind of raw, but if he fine-tunes some things, he can get better. This guy needs a bit more time. In the open practice, you see more clarity. And the open In the open practice, the bigger picture really starts to take center stage, and I'm an open practice guy. I'm a fall camp guy. A couple of years ago, I was the one that singled out Devonta Smith, wide receiver, to be a big-time star, and he became that. So now I'm going to try my hand at predicting again because at the open practice over the weekend, I saw seven things that really stood out to me. Six big ones, but the seventh one was also important. I'm gonna put an asterisk by it because I want to see how much it grows, matures, and improves as we move as we move on through this camp session here. But seven things overall stood out to me. And as I'm running them across the screen here, the number one thing that stood out in the open practice. Both coordinators for the Crimson Tide, Steve Sarkeesian of offense and defense, Pete Golding. Both of these two young men know how important this stage is. They're coming in fresh. They are well organized. They are well detailed. Both of these men have something to prove and they are coming out of the gate with the notion of uh, this is a big time program And I'm about to show, but I can run my respective position in a big-time program. In terms of Steve Sarkeesian, first and foremost, for all the common Crimson Tide fans, if you could have been in that media room when Steve Sarkeesian said this, you would have probably fell out on the floor and said, thank God we are so happy to have you back, brother. Steve Sarkeesian, and this is a West Coast guy, Born, grew up in California. But when he was asked the question about his offensive philosophy, you want to know what he said? He said, we have got to run the football. What? Shut your mouth. What you saying, Willis? He said, we got to run the football and establish the run game. And everywhere he has been in his coaching career, collegiate-wise, He's had a 1,000-yard rusher. Steve Sarkeesian, close to the Tonga Valoa family. Sarkeesian wants to continue developing Tua and making this offense more prolific than what it was a season ago. But Sarkeesian knows the balance To be more prolific, it starts with running the football and keeping a defense honest. And in Sark's credit, or to Sark's credit, he's always had a 1,000-yard rusher throughout his coaching career. Now, when he was at USC... As a quarterbacks coach in the early 2000s, 2003 through 2005, uh, Sark, well, 2002 through to 2003, excuse me. And When he came back in 2005, he was around the likes of Reggie Bush and Matt Leinard, not Matt Leinard, Lindell White, excuse me. And then when he became the head coach at the University of Washington from two thousand. 9 of 2013, he had Chris Polk and Bishop Sankey, both 1,000-yard backs. And in his tenure as a head coach for those Southern California Trojans from 2014 to 2015, he had Jabaris Allen. So he has been used to being around those 1,000-yard backs and coaching those guys. But Sark, well thought out, well versed highly detailed. Those two years he took in the National Football League with the Atlanta Falcons really matured him. I'm excited what Sark is bringing to the table. And behind him, my brother Pete Golden had me about to run through a brick wall. I mean, this guy is about developing players. This guy is about rotating guys. This guy is about relationships. And some of the things that came out of his mouth come straight from the Nick Saban dictionary. He said things like attention to detail. He said things like we are about to get back to playing winning football. And everything that came out of this man's mouth, I was like Nick Saban esque, Nick Saban esque, Nick Saban esque, young fiery passionate Nick Saban that is Pete Golding and he's ready to get the job done I mean both guys know for Steve Sarkeesian this is a chance for him to win a national championship as a coordinator the last time he won a title he was a quarterback's coach he knows how big this role is for him and getting his story back full circle and for Pete Golding This is a chance for him to prove he is the next Yoda. He is the next Han Solo. He is the biggest star or the next big star on the rise in terms of defensive minds. But both guys thoroughly impressed me and stood out to me during the media portion of the fan day and open practice. In terms of on the field, we get down to the next thing that stood out. Freshman defensive lineman Justin Eboigby, the four-star out of Georgia. This guy is something special. It's 6'4", 200, 6'5", excuse me, 294 pounds. And I mean, Alabama signed six, uber talented, six very special defensive linemen in this class when you dissect Antonio Alfano, DJ Dale, Byron Young, Ishmael Sapser, Braylon Ingram, and Justin DeBoogby. And of all six of those guys, you know, people talk about Antonio Alfaño. He big, he's strong, he a freak, he wants to be a Bama. People talk about DJ Dale. He reminds you of Duran Payne. He's got probably a faster first step than Q, big time player. People talk a lot about Ishmael Sopser. and there's even some conversation about Brandon Ingram, though he's the smallest of the group, but if Boyd B flies under the radar, but he might be, he may become the best of the six. In the first two days of fall camp, he has been spotted taking first team reps with Raekwon Davis and DJ Dale, and people, that is huge, especially with, Brian Ray out for a week or so with an ankle injury, hurt his ankle in the summer, had surgery prior to the start of fall camp. He will be back in time for the Duke game. He will be back in time to get some reps in for fall practice. But seeing... It, boy, beat, get out here and get these reps early is critical. And at the open practice, especially when the rain came down from the heavens, this boy was on fire. I mean, getting it to the quarterback, big guy, quick feet, powerful hands, an array of pass rush moves. He found a way to affect whomever was throwing the football. Still a little bit raw. But with Brian Baker and Pete Golding working with him at Boyd B, this kid's a stud. Really, really like him. He was the second thing that stood out to me. Moving on down to my third thing of seven from the open practice, the youth at inside linebacker. Oh, my lord. Jesus, be a fence. These guys are incredible. The youngsters at inside linebacker. Futurist bright. And I'm talking about Jalen Moody, Shane Lee, and Christian Harris. All three of those guys are future studs. Shane Lee, first and foremost, the young man from Maryland. He is a speeding bullet. He is highly athletic. The more I watch him he is a young D'Amico Rhymes. I know I had former Alabama receiver Matt Cadell on the show talking about Lee. He said that Lee is a young D'Amico Rhymes. I agree with him. When the rain came down, you talk about he just found ways to knife himself into that backfield, affect the quarterback, uh, dissect running plays. He's got the lateral quickness. He just knows where to be on the field highly instinctive really like shane lee jane and moody kind of the same deal lateral quickness can light you up can lower the boom can read the passing lane still gotta get a bit more refined and just getting guys lined up and calling plays but the lateral quickness The tackling ability, the coverage, it's all there for Jalen Moody. And in terms of Christian Harris, the young man from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that is the next stud at inside Mike Linebacker. I mean, at 6'2", 244 pounds, he just looks like a field general. I watched him and Shane Lee both on the field at the same time. And while Shane Lee was attacking the play, Christian Harris was getting guys lined up. He was in his stance. He was reading the quarterback's eyes. He was directing the play, dissecting the play. He was patrolling traffic. I like this Christian Harris kid. The youth and inside linebacker. Very, very good in the future. That was number three. Moving on down to number four. Depth at running back. Bama's got some talent and Bama's got some versatility. You know what you're getting with Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, but Trey Sanders' speed, hands, agility, burst, power, total package will be in that Josh Jacobs slash Kenyon Drake-esque role. Behind him, Jerome Ford, that brother has chiseled up, big chest, big arms, big body plowing through guys he's got the power he's got the speed he's running guys over he's added some diversity in his game really like Jerome Ford and Keegan Robinson he may be 5'9 a buck 84 but he packs a big punch lower center of gravity good hands big arms subtle subtle burst and he's got some patience he allows those blocks to set up as he makes his decision. But once he hits that hole, it's the same result. Big time production. So Sanders, Ford, Keenan Robinson, the depth, a lot of versatility. And that running back room, that was the next at number four. At number five for me, the Alabama secondary No Fly Zone is back, baby. And I feel like this is a group under Charles Kelly that will rival the 2009 Alabama Secondary, the best secondary under Nick Saban since he's been here in terms of production. That Alabama Secondary that was headlined by guys like Mark Barron, kareem jackson justin woodall javier arenas that group that totaled 24 interceptions and gave up a passer rating of 87.65 if i'm not mistaken that group that big time group this year's group under charles kelly and guys like shaheem carter Jarrett maiden xavier mckinney Patrick Sertan the second, Trayvon Diggs, Josh Job and company. This group can rival the 09 group. I saw a lot of big plays on that field. Jarrett Maiden, Trayvon Diggs picking off passes, breaking up on the ball. Patrick Sertan the second taking that next step in his development. Josh Job, the kid, is a budding star. Confidence is growing, instincts is growing, ball skills high. Uh, it's, it's just so much to be excited about when you look at the secondary. No fly zone is back. Be ready. It's coming. It's coming to show. That was the fifth thing that stood out to me. At number six, all backup quarterbacks behind Tua Tungavalloa are good. All of them. Mac Jones, Talia Tungavaloa. Paul Tyson, all of them can spin that football. Mac Jones had some throws on Saturday on last week. He was threatening the needle in the rain. Led guys with precision passing. There were some dropped balls, but it was not on Jones. He put the ball on the money in terms of Talia Tangavaloa, did some good things, but want to see him do a better job of throwing the ball away when something's not there. Tends to overly rely on his athleticism. Got to do a better job of throwing that ball away because when that pressure comes to you, you got to be able to protect yourself and play for next play. There were a lot of times where, you know, he took some sacks and... Uh, When you're over-reliant on your athleticism, it forces you to try to make a play out of no play instead of just doing the proper thing at that time. And Talia, at times, does a little bit too much and it gets himself into trouble. He's got to be able to throw the football away, but did some good things. And last but not least, Paul Tyson. When Nick Saban takes the chains off this kid, he had a touchdown pass In the open practice I mean he led John Medici down the field On a post pattern that had me Going hallelujah Perfect Beautiful throw Put it dead on the bacon Paul Tyson That kid money in The bank Love him Quarterback room really really strong Which leads us to My seventh thing that stood out to me Putting the asterisk by this one because I want to see this group really gel well together, and that's the offensive line. Uh, the beef is back up front, as we know this. Kyle Flood. Ain't playing no games. Ain't taking no prisoners. Got a chance to speak with uh, Matt Womack, redshirt senior on the offensive line. He said, look, dude, uh, Kyle Flood is straightforward. He's black and white. You either got to get with it or get lost. And this offensive line, ready to get with it, ready to be physical. This group potentially can be the best group that Nick Saban's ever had here. But I want to see all these guys work well and jail well together if these guys mesh well this is going to be a group a good group so just rounding this off the things that stood out to me both coordinators sarkeesian Pete Golding, they're focused and ready to go. Justin Aboigbe, the freshman defensive lineman, really like him. Youth and inside linebacker at number three. That's very strong. Depth at the running back position, number four. A lot of versatility. Alabama secondary at number five. No fly zone. Welcome back, baby. Number six, the entire quarterback room. uh, Everybody's good. And then last but not least, number seven, Beef is back on the offensive line. It's got a lot of potential, but want to see this group jailed together. That's going to do it here on this edition of In My Own Words, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, folks, you download the TDA app for your iPhone if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the uh, the Android phone as we're hitting you with all things Crimson Tide football. You subscribe to tdalabamamag.com for all the latest and you subscribe to Touchdown Alabama Magazine on YouTube. Get with us, folks. Over one million video views Over 5,000 subscribers strong, and that's because of you, the faithful, loyal listeners. We appreciate you. Continue to stay tuned, locked on to what we have for you. Till next time, folks. I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith. This has been In My Own Words.